0: Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. Yeah, let's do some of that unpacking indeed. I'm getting like right back into the swing of being on this podcast. I was a little bit nervous that with all the new fun, stuff in my life that um, this would become a burden, but it's very much stayed something that I'm looking forward to doing on most Fridays. Um, We are continuing our conversation on relational maintenance. We are gradually getting more and more specific, more and more micro, and to help me do that specifically, uh, to help me talk about the role in social media, I'm sorry, the, the role that social media plays in relationship development and maintenance, I'm really excited to welcome, for the very first time to the program, Dr. Anissa Rohadiat. Thank you so much for joining.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Of course. And it's been quite some time since we've chatted about communication. I think the last time we physically crossed paths was, what was that, ICA 2017 in San Diego?
1: Yes. Yes. It has been a while, hasn't it?
0: Funny how that, I had just gotten my first dog and now I have a second dog. It's that's how I I'm sorry that's how I measure time in dogs <laughs> well Peter
1: right I think that was the first the first dog
0: yeah there's jeter uh, yeah. and and now there's goose
1: goose oh wow that's mm-hmm. nice
0: yeah yeah so they're they're good boys um, and they're all over my social media accounts which is of course what we're going to be talking about today but of course I think we're gonna be talking a little bit more about the human element of social media so um since this is your first time on the show, I'm hoping you can just give us a really brief introduction. Um, you know, who you are, what your uh, academic lineage is, and um, what you're currently studying.
1: Okay. Thank you. So, all right. So yeah, my name is Anissa. I'm an assistant professor at the Department of Communication Studies at California State University, Stanislaus. It's in Central Valley, California. And my research interest is actually at the intersection of communication technology, identity, and culture. And I do focus, I have an ethnographic focus on a particular population, uh, mainly individuals who identify as belonging to the Islamic faith or Muslim Muslim users of social media who reside in North America Uh, I'm also interested in how people use technology in close relationships in general and I was actually introduced to online dating research after taking a course by the incredible Dr. Stephanie Tong and then I got roped into the Tong research team, right, mm-hmm. so Dr. Tong is my uh, graduate advisor and mentor, she still mentors me. Um, and shout out to Smart Labs and the Tong research team at Wayne State University's Communication Department. So yeah, I'm very excited to be here and grateful for the opportunity to just share some stuff that I enjoy um, learning about, exploring with yeah. everyone today.
0: Heck yeah, and of course, uh, you are a guest on the show at the recommendation of Dr. Tong I don't know if you knew that. I, I reached out to her to ask her if she wanted to do a different episode, and she was like, "By the way, so and we've had other uh Tong students on here uh, soon to be Dr. Rob Mathini has made an appearance on here as well, so it's all a s u and Wayne State on this show. That's just trying to get away from it, but we just can't do it.
1: Go warriors <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> what do we say? Fork'em? <laughs> anyway, let's get to the topic at hand. Um, Social media has become an abundantly important element of relationship development, maintenance, and in some cases, disillusion. Uh, In earlier episodes of this podcast, we've talked about like Tinder and Bumble and like kind of ways to like help present yourself. But it was a much more tertiary, a much more broad, sweeping discussion of it. So I want to get a little bit more specific in this episode. And I want to start by just gauging in your opinion. I want to hear... What do you think are the most important or, or the most influential influential social media applications uh, when it comes to something like relational development or relational maintenance?
1: Ooh, okay, that's a great question. Uh, well, I'd I'd approach this by first looking at what or how folks use communication technology more broadly, including social media and social network sites. Um, So broadly speaking, most of our social media use pertains to maintaining existing relationships, right? So, um, and that includes Uh, not just strong ties, but also weak ties. And in that respect, studies have demonstrated that Facebook is one of the more popular platforms for um, relational maintenance of existing ties. Um, But then we could also look at it from a platform feature and affordances perspective, Um, and affordances here meaning action potentials or action capabilities, and so overall, the social media platforms allow us greater flexibility in communicating with one another directly, um, or um, you know, um, and certain affordances like as- asynchronicity, for example is proven to facilitate communication among folks who are geographically apart and in different time zones. So think of folks who are um, in military deployment deployment abroad um, and how they communicate with their family members. Another example would be uh, romantic couples who are in long distance relationships. So um, there's, there's something to be said there too. Um, and since most of our social media use utilizes mobile devices like smartphones, Mm -hmm. the affordance of mobility, portability uh, offers yet another layer of of, uh, flexibility, right, in terms of um, channel and also temporal flexibility, too. So moving on to actual platforms and built-in features, uh, each platform uh, provides channel flexibility, right? So think of Facebook. You have um, the more dyadic Way of communicating uh, through instant messaging, and then you have a more public uh, way of communicating, right? Or mass personal, as some folks call it. Um, and this includes commenting, public comments, right? Um, commenting on people's posts, wall posts, um, and, and so forth. And so Folks have used like within one platform, you can use various channels, um, and uh, so yeah. So going back to your question about like what kind of social media apps are are most important, well, I I think a better approach would be to actually look at uh, just the idea of social media in general from you know like a more platform and affordances perspective because that would allow us you know kind of like more detail uh, detailed insights. Oh no, into, like, no, you're using.
0: telling me it depends.
1: It depends. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> That's gonna it's be a the. a actually, James. That's going to be his theme. That, in yeah,
0: this it's almost okay. like it, it depends is like the mantra of every single communication professor I've ever met. That's crazy. <laughs> Okay, I will let you get away with that one because I do agree. It's definitely relationship-specific. I would also argue, and this is totally speculative, I would argue it's also generation-specific. I think that certain generations are more prone toward things like, when I think about like millennials, like we love Instagram and Snapchat. When I think about Gen Z, they are TikTok gang, and then Gen X and Boomer are a little bit more Facebook-heavy. That's true. So it depends. I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Let's talk about some of those like specific actions that you were um, discussing uh, briefly there. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways in which people make use of their various media channels to construct relationships or like if there's an existing relationship, how do they maintain it? Or if they have to, how do they push people away using social media?
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. So I think social media. Um, it one of the characteristics, or, or like one of the advantages of using social media is, is that it facilitates uh, relational maintenance of larger networks, right? So it's there. You know, it's it's visible, um, and also it facilitates the exchange of relational maintenance messages, like um, supportive messages, um, and and um, you know, like those birthday greetings and and whatnot, right? So. Um, there's that uh, I think the main element that's that's interesting about social media is the extractive aspect like in terms of information that is available so um, in the initiation stage for example when you know high uncertainty things are um, unpredictable we don't really know um, you know the other person. Uh, what social media provides is actually extractive information. So we get to find out about our um, romantic potentials or like uh, potential friends mm. uh, through their social media activity, right? And we can do so uh, with with little investment in a way, right? Because like it's it's there. You just need to kind of maybe um, look up their username. But then once you're you're there, uh, or once you exchange usernames, um, then you are able to access all these information mm-hmm. about the individual. so, uh, And that would allow you to also find out whether or not you have some commonalities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, interests that you share and so forth. And if there's chemistry there, then um, usually is followed up by relational development.
0: So stalking, Facebook stalking, <laughs> good old fashioned Facebook stalking. What, What the uncertainty scholars would call passive information seeking. Yes. <laughs> I like it, yeah. but what about the relationships that we've already got? What what unique mm-hmm. features does social media offer us in terms of developing or maintaining those relationships? Uh,
1: so, I guess when it comes to like coming together, especially the experimenting stage, if we follow the uh, stage model, right, of relational development, um, social media can be helpful for gaining uh, social network support. I guess, in mm-hmm. and, and, and that sense, um, and just other aspects of the development process. Um, an example of this may be like going Facebook official or Insta official mm-hmm. um, and tie signaling, right? So that's an aspect too. Um, when you are engaging in a mediated form of nonverbal signaling to to folks that hey you're in an exclusive relationship or um, you know you're hanging out with certain individuals more frequently than than others and, and so forth um, but extractive information going back to that topic too that is is helpful as well for relational maintenance in the sense that it creates this um, or it facilitates the um, ambient awareness. Like there's this concept about uh, ambient awareness, where it's really just an awareness of the other person, and and this is met through uh, repeated exposures to. Fragments of you know personal information which we see on the news feed of Facebook or other uh, social media platforms, right? Um, so it allows that sense of like, hey, we're connected, you know, social connection, mm-hmm. I guess, in a way. So um, we, despite distance, despite uh, maybe you know time zone differences mm-hmm. and what have you, um, you still feel as if like you're a part of uh, the your social network's lives by looking at the updates, right?
0: interesting yeah i'm picturing like a like a metaphorical puzzle and it's like you know a lot about these folks right you've put together most of that puzzle and then you're able to take like the pieces of their uh media presence and use that to fill in the gaps of that puzzle i've never really thought about it like that that's a really interesting Mm -hmm. way of categorizing relationships
1: that's Mm -hmm. nice yeah Mm
0: -hmm. are you ready for the hard questions
1: Oh, okay, (laughs) let's do this.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about things from a more dyadic perspective, from like a couple standpoint. Let's say we're in a relationship. This is what I do with my students. I say, okay, it's magic powers time, and then I go, boom. We're all in a committed, exclusive relationship, and just like that, my magic powers have created that situation. Let's say uh, we are in a position where one partner wants to publicly advertise the relationship. So like you were saying, like one partner wants to go Facebook official or they want to make a joint TikTok post, right? Uh, d- displaying that they're in a relationship and the other one doesn't. Where might that resistance be coming from? And how as a couple can we navigate that, that dialectical tension of like openness versus closeness?
1: Uh huh. Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, wow. Well, so one of the things that I learned, right, in in studying people's social media behavior and just contact use in general, is that much of what happens in our offline world, if if you will, uh, actually translate pretty well into the online, right? So, in in the sense, you know, when we're thinking about um, certain idiosyncrasies, individual differences like personality traits, uh, tolerance towards uncertainty, mm-hmm. um, let's see what else attachment styles, mm-hmm. right? Like um, and even self-disclosure um, or, or you know, people's approach towards self-disclosure. I think that that pretty much is also um, manifested in the online. Or in this case, like in, in, in social media use, right? So I think among couples, then um, the struggles of just navigating these differences also pertains to something like um, privacy and and um, and 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 going public, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I I did some reading in terms of like dialectics, and I was like, okay, it seems as if that. Um, I think the source of resistance would be more from a contextual dialectic viewpoint, and and again, this relates to the whole public versus private, mm-hmm. um, right? Because and and I'm sure you're more <laughs> you're more aware of like this uh, dialectic, um, but um, yeah. So let's see, in terms of uh, the tension of either of of you know keeping. Um, the social interaction within a relationship private versus advertising it to, um, not advertising, but like- No, I love it, that's the word I have in my
0: notes, advertise, I like it.
1: Let's see. Yeah, it it is seemingly oppositional, but then um, if you look at what uh, Baxter has suggested in terms of like some strategies in navigating this dialectic, there are some ways, right? And I Mm -hmm. thought of, um, uh, for example, integration, um, and maybe a sub area of integration where people um, can negotiate and and try to maybe even reframe the seemingly oppositional, you know, Mm. polars here between being private and and public into something else. Let's say um, people can talk about how, well, um, you know, the whole, the thing about social support from your social network, right, like that is is a pivotal, um, I guess, uh, what is it called? Um, um, not dynamic but you know it's, it's something that could uh, facilitate relational development right being mm-hmm. you know like having your friends um, be in support of your relationship and so maybe the discussion could be framed along you know like hey this is one way of, of just getting folks to know uh, about uh, the fact that we're going exclusive without having to to do anything else. Right. Oh, it's it's okay. pretty simple. You can use, yeah. You know, in that sense, you can use, you know, a particular platform. And that mm-hmm. brings me to the next point. So in terms of negotiation, uh, there are so many ways of going public or going Facebook official, right? So you have, you know, definitely you can change your relational status, but then, uh, folks may notice too, like the images that you post include, include, you know, new significant others. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, needs to be discussed as well like whether or not your partner is okay with that and maybe there are certain aspects right certain things that um that may not be posted and and that's again something that you need to coordinate with you know and and just discuss it through um so the platform as well like you know what kind which platform um the privacy settings right because like you can set that as well and when when you post about um you know when you when you just make a social media post right you can adjust that so yeah so i think those are some of the things that that came to mind when it comes to like okay how do we navigate that and Hmm. what could be the source of that tension that's
0: interesting so i'm now i'm hearing from you it's like there are explicit ways in which you can advertise your relationship like going facebook official or like making a formal announcement like guess who's in a relationship which is very cringy and also all over TikTok, like people doing that for, for the cringe. Um, right. And then you can do more implicit things, like uh, what when you were just saying that last bit about controlling the privacy of your post, the first thing that I thought of was on like Snapchat and Instagram, you yes. can make it so that only close friends see this, right? So it's like, I'm going to right. advertise my relationship in a story only to my mm. close friends, see how they react to it. And then maybe eventually you can work your way up toward a more mm-hmm. public presentation. That's a good strategy. And mm-hmm. I think that if there's one partner who's resistant to that, it's a good way to navigate that resistance, right? Starting small right. instead of like opening up with like, you know, a 75 foot three point jump shot. Maybe you start with a layup. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah absolutely but most importantly like you do have to talk it through right pa- absolutely. make it a part of the relationship talk you know mm-hmm. it might be awkward but it's it's necessary because it is part of establishing boundaries and and whatnot right so
0: yeah this is not an individual decision it's a it, that's part of being in a relationship right you need to make couple yep. decisions. Um, okay on the other hand, breakups. Um, mm. I believe it was the great William Shakespeare who asked to block or not to block. Um, what do we gain when we like exit a relationship? What do we gain by blocking our ex, and what, if anything, are we losing out on when we do that sort of uh, damage control?
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, so I th- Okay, so in terms of blocking or not blocking, um, I thought of this as Again, contextual, right? Now, if, like, from the point of view of, let's say, you know, a woman in a relationship that is, um, um, you know, maybe toxic um, Mm -hmm. or or even abusive, then maybe blocking is the only way, right? Like, that's the most effective way to to get out of Mm -hmm. a relationship. Um, But, you know, that aside, what's interesting is that the research actually suggests, and this is primarily for college student populations, they found that 80%. Of um, college students remain friends on social media, so they're not unblocking. They're not blocking. They're not unfriending, right? So they remain friends. And and I thought of this, and I'm wondering, like, why why could that be the case? Well, it might be because of um, certain. Uh, characteristics of social media right certain advantages in this case maintaining weak ties and so maybe maybe some folks um are um happy with the prospect of maybe down the line you know uh, reigniting old flames or maybe just connecting because you never know right like you might be um, um the job market and then you know uh, your, you know, like in terms of like just <laughs> yeah. usual networking, uh, yeah, um, concerns and whatnot. So, so yeah, so that that's that. And in terms of like, if you were to block that, um, if you were to engage in blocking, then you would remove yourself from that p- uh, possibility, right? I, it makes uh, me think about. Yeah. Are
0: you familiar with backburner relationships? We've talked about it once Ooh. or twice.
1: Mm-hmm. Like those, mm-hmm. like
0: those platonic relationships that like we yes. keep because like, and like they're perfectly innocent on paper. Yeah. Right. But we have in the right. back of our mind, we're like, maybe so.
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: That's what that makes. That's the first thing I think if we need to do an episode on, on backburners, maybe I'll do, I have one opening left, Ooh. so maybe, maybe we'll do that,
1: Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. No, but I think you make yeah, a really
0: good right. point there, like about the, uh, those potential those long-term benefits those social benefits and also the benefit of like well i don't want people to think that i'm the crazy ex who blocked my partner um but i i do think that it's important to clarify that if you're in a relationship that features like abuse or toxicity sometimes blocking is the right thing to do and if if you're being blocked um you might just want to you know just respect right the boundaries that the other person has set even though it might hurt
1: yeah 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 that and and being ghosted right yeah (laughs) because there's closure and but that's a whole different discussion um but yeah and then i wanted to also mention like in terms Mm -hmm. of the research out there it also suggests that women and sexual minorities are more uh, likely to engage in blocking or unfriending behavior and so you know, there's some dynamic um, going on there, too.
0: I believe that. Yeah, there's there's probably yeah. a lot of victimization that's going on, uh, perhaps unintentional, right? Um, that yeah. Like this idea of like pursuing and then continuing to pursue and then continuing to pursue. And it can be very off-putting. So yeah, um, yeah respecting the wishes is big. So uh, again, it depends, but I'm hearing that overall, there's not as much blocking as initially thought 80% maintain friends. Now, uh, of course, there are various channels, so I'm picturing a scenario where it's like, maybe you've blocked my number, but you did not block me on Facebook, and so you're like, look, I don't want that intimate connection anymore, but I still kinda wanna mm-hmm. see what you're up to. Something like that. I like that, I like that.
1: Yeah, monitoring but, behavior,
0: right? right? I think yes. that's
1: part of coping.
0: Right <laughs> right back folks. to Facebook stalking, right back to it. Okay. Uh, we have a little bit of time left, which means that we have sure. time for the bonus question that I wanted to include. So mm-hmm. in your academic and expert opinion, what's the mm-hmm. best dating
1: app and why? Ah, okay. So again, this depends on the dating pool, right? Like like what dating pool you're... you're a part of I guess if you're a part of a thin market so with demographics all the individual differences uh factors come to play as well um it it really depends um and also it depends on your relational goals because you have ah. you know you might be looking into casual relationships right like um or maybe you're open to I mean you might start off as looking for a casual relationship and then um, you're open to long-term relationships I don't know but like it all depends right but the big I guess the big dating apps out there, like like Bumble, for example, um, is pretty popular among um, women for certain features, right? Like certain platform features, um, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then OkCupid, you have you have the usual. But what interests me most is actually platforms that are not designated as a dating app, but people are using the platform or appropriating it for dating purposes. Like, I don't know if you're aware of, um, social audio, uh, there's a platform called clubhouse.
0: Oh That's yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Things That's I've heard about clubhouse. At,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it's need a, to hop on yeah. it. So, so it's interesting. Yeah. People are setting up uh, rooms called like uh, shoot your shot rooms. And then, um, I guess it's <laughs> a way to kind of to reduce uncertainty by hearing what the you know potentials have to say on certain issues right and it's not as apparent as a dating app or a dating website
0: that is interesting dating appropriation I like it I don't but I do well <laughs> all right that's actually gonna end our time thank you so much Anissa. it was awesome to talk to you about all this awesome stuff
1: thank you so much for having me it was really it was nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> good I'm glad and of course um, In the vein of what we were just discussing in terms of the ability to manage things, next week we'll have Dr. Sammy Shabib back on to talk about secret keeping and boundaries. So until then, I wish everybody a really happy, healthy week. Stay tuned and keep those relationships healthy. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.